Welcome. My name is Genevieve Spicer, host of Code's podcast series, Code Connects. We're recording in Canada's capital, Ottawa, Ontario, on the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabe people. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Emily Gogra, Deputy Minister in the Ministry of Basic and Senior Secondary Education, Sierra Leone. Emily is also a well-known grassroots activist, a humanitarian and children's advocate. A former teacher whose work in the classroom transcended delivering lessons, she also organized seminars for girls in support of gender rights awareness, life skill training, and educational advancement. Prior to being appointed to the Ministry of Education in 2018, Emily also established a children's home, as well as a nursery and primary school in Port Logotown. We are so happy to have this chance to connect with you, Emily. Thank you so much for joining us from Sierra Leone. You are welcome, Genevieve, as an educator, a longtime teacher, and the Deputy Minister One of Basic and Senior Secondary Education. I welcome this interview, and I'm happy to give the information necessary. Thank you. We are so delighted. And Emily, as you know, this spring at CODE, We have been talking about how it really takes a village to help children around the world access a quality education. Can you please tell us what that means to you as a key member of that village or community for children in your country, Sierra Leone? Thank you very much, Genevieve. Every child in the world needs an education and children in Sierra Leone need it. Then there must be support to the access of a quality education to fulfill the sustainable development goal for. It is a proverb taking the whole village. It is a proverb that means that an entire community of people must provide for and interact positively with the child in order for the child to experience and grow in a safe and healthy environment and acquire and access quality education. Furthermore, it takes a whole village. That is, it is the model of community education. In community education, we think about the government. We think about the local community that is in Sierra Leone. We think of partners. We think of the health situation of the child. We look at the food and nutrition. We look at the teacher's development towards the child in helping in the school. We look at the security. We look at the social aspects of the child. And also we look at the gender aspects of the child. And this includes all children. And the community must be strong. When the community is strong, we know that schools are even better supported in Sierra Leone. And where does it come from? Good parenting. We need family engagement in the community. When there is support in the family, the whole family thrives and children will do better. Community education also means that we see the child in a holistic form. The child is raised in a holistic form with different people coming in with positive stance to help the child to see that there is greatness within that child or within those children. 
The education is a community education that helps a child to respond to what is being supported, given to him or her, and then the child will develop and in turn helps the community. You are talking about so many important layers and players in this community that it takes, <laughs> this village that it takes. And in particular, community for children's, you know, the role that community plays in children's ability to access an education, stay in it and succeed in school. Are there any specific things that the community can do for that? You mentioned the parenting, but what about the uh, more immediate community? The immediate community. To us, like I, you said in Sierra Leone, first of all, the community is the government. The government must have the political will to support education, and they must make friendly policies to help in the education of the children. For an example, for us, we choose a policy, the radical inclusion policy. That brings back pregnant girls to stay in school. Disabled children must be given more facilities then you do not look at the geographical location. Even the rural areas must be supported with education. Then you do not look at the religion. You must not be religiously biased. And you do not look at the sex or the gender. You must provide. And also the community, like I said, needs good parenting. With good parenting in the society, there is life in the home because the education does not stop in the school. It goes beyond that. Like you said, it's a global village. We need sectors, partners to come in to help the children to learn. And we must have the stakeholders in the community that share common academic goals and attitudes and interact with one another for the purpose of learning. Then the teachers also in the community must be qualified and ready to give the correct methodology. You are now the deputy minister, but you were in a past life a teacher. And I'd love to know what led you to get involved in driving change within the education sector at the ministry level. As you say, it is the community in the broader sense in Sierra Leone. Well, um, I see... In my past life, there is gender inequality, especially in schools. There is gender disparity, which has brought a lot of school dropouts, especially girls. Then um, there is lack of the reading skills and numeracy skills in children. Then there is lack of the proper methodology. As I was teaching, code has helped us a lot in bringing in the methodology that will help the children to read. And the art of reading we lost many years ago in Sierra Leone. And children do not like math. But with the methodology that code has brought, gradually most children can read and most children can then the deployment of teachers in rural areas and the number of female teachers I see, these were the problems I see. I said, well, let me join as a deputy minister so that I will help in minimizing some of these problems so that at least we'll try to address the, the gender inequality in schools. Last year, you shared the very short and powerful statement that inequality leads to poverty. 
You've talked a little bit about what inequality looks like for children in Sierra Leone as it pertains to education. Can you just expand a little bit about that and what that means, what inequality leads to poverty would mean for the future of these yeah. children? Well, um, what I mean, like in Sierra Leone, the gender equality, which leads to poverty, it doesn't mean like wealth. It means poverty in reaching them, in giving them their rights. Avoiding violence in schools, gender-based violence in schools. And it also means that um, they are not given the adequate education that they need. For an example, according to our findings, only 15% of girls reach secondary school in Sierra Leone. And only 6 out of 10 girls aged 15 to 24 are literate, compared to 3 out of 4 boys in that age range. And in 2016, the government banned pregnant school girls. That means they have deprived them from getting an education. And over these years, they don't encourage girls to do the sciences. All of these are problems that have encircled the gender equality that leads to poverty. It means these children are being affected in their future not to have a quality education that will put them in line to have good jobs, to learn the sciences, and in later life, they will not participate in decision-making because they don't have the requisite education that will take them to that level. And the other thing, they are limited in what they do in their career. What career will they choose if they drop out of school? How does this reality shape or guide your work? Well, it guides my work a long way in which I will try as much as possible to address the gender inequality in schools. We introduce a lot of um, activities in order for the teachers themselves to do some counseling to the girls and then even to the boys so that they will accommodate them in the school. They will feel that they are part of the school. Then the gender-based violence in schools, we try through exercises to make them aware that both boys and girls need to be in school. Whether they are disabled or not, they should be in school. And some other thing that cropped up lately was um, the menstrual hygiene. Some of these girls, when they are there on their menstruation period, they will not go to school. They feel ashamed. But we are grateful to Her Excellency, the First Lady, Madame Fatima Bio, who tried as much as possible to introduce the sanitary pads, to share them in various schools, and let people be aware that they should be in school and supported by the Ministry of Basic and Senior Secondary Education to do sensitization to both pupils and um, teachers that girls, even in their menstruation, should stay out of school. We say for the moment, if it is four days, if the girls drop out of school for four days being absent, then they are going to miss their lessons. But now that they have been given and it is handmade, these sanitary pads, they are put in packs of five and they are reusable. So they will wash them properly, we teach them how to do it, and then they stay in school. Sometimes they are rape cases. So Madame Fatima Bio also brought the hands of our girls to sensitize both locals and the school and the children so that they will have integrity in themselves and the men too 
so that they will not be after these girls to impregnate them and stop them from going to school. Oh, what a tremendous and very important initiative that the First Lady is doing with um, acknowledging that reality that every girl half the population has once a month. What is really interesting is also that males are getting uh, made aware uh, and sensitized to these kinds of things as well, right? And being encouraged to support girls in their learning as well. And in that sense, you know, we're, we're back to the idea of the global village. And um, here at Code, our supporters in Canada really like to feel like they are playing a small role in, in supporting the global village in, in Sierra Leone and other parts of sub-Saharan Africa. And I wonder if you have any insight you'd like to share on how our role here in Canada and Code supporters could further support your global village in Sierra Leone. Really, Genevieve, um, I want to thank you for bringing this up because that would have been my closing statement to oh, thank God. But thank really, God has done a lot since 2010. On to this time, God has changed a lot in education, helping the teachers in new methodologies. Like we said, the global village, what is their role? You have enabled both pupils and teachers to develop their knowledge, their skills, their values, and attitudes needed for securing a just and sustainable life. And the children have seen their own rights and they have seen themselves fulfilling their potentials. For an example, Code Canada brought in a teaching method wherein they involve gender issues into it. And even the boys seen themselves capable of doing the job that girls also are capable of doing. And those books, the textbooks, we have problems like um, problems of textbooks each child getting a, a textbook. Then during the COVID, there is a lot of help in disseminating teaching so that education does not come to a standstill. We are doing radio teaching. This is all a global village helping the access of education, even in different circumstances. And they do not only stop that. They go into our teacher training colleges to help them review their knowledge in becoming master trainers to the new methodology. And they also translate this into their various teacher training colleges. A lot has happened, but there is still more that I said we need to do. Because now we have about 3,040 schools which they benefit from the free quality education. But those in the rural areas need more. They need textbooks. They need furniture, some of them. And they need materials that they can interact, like recreational activities, to see themselves that they are part of the system. We need partnership. That is very, very important. And I, as I have my, my thought map here, I put it there, partners. And um, Code Canada has been a special partner which has supported our children today in Sierra Leone to read books, to have the love of reading books. They have got the love of drawing, imaginative drawing. They have got the sense of critical thinking through the methodology and creativity from the stories they can draw. From drawing, the children themselves can make stories. It is so interesting when you go to the classroom. It is interactive. At some time, the representative 
the British High Commissioner visited our classrooms and really, she commented, the classrooms are interactive. The children even talk more than the teacher, though the teacher facilitates the teaching. And each child has a book. Before, it was not that. But government, again, is helping to give the books, the teaching and learning materials to schools. But we need partners that will help us. And you have been helping us, Canada, and we are very, very grateful to code for this. And the, the GAC program also has helped a lot to train teachers because we have 14% of female teachers in the primary school and 4% of female teachers in the secondary school. So we have presently 100 teachers in training in each of the districts, in four districts, in each of those districts, we have 25 ladies in the different institutions. That makes the number 200. And very soon they will graduate and then go to the schools to add the number of graduates of female teachers in our schools. Thank you so much for that wonderful insight and for sharing with us how Sierra Leone and how we can help Sierra Leone help children get more access to quality schooling and quality education throughout. It's been a true pleasure speaking with you today, Deputy Minister Emily Gogra. Thank you for your time and your insight. Genevieve, can I just end with um, one thing? Because yes, of course. Code Canada is um, starting with us from B1 to B3. But um, like a child, we need to have the foundation of that child. And then we move on. Like I am suggesting, like what you said, the insights. If we can start from early childhood education, the ECD, we can develop the child within zero to three and three to five, the early stimulation and then the early learning. And then when that child goes to primary one, that child can be able to do better things that will really not make the child move away from school. The child will be nurtured from zero to five years. And then from that five years, if the child moves when he or she is six years to primary one, the child will get a full knowledge of what school is, of what literacy is, of what numeracy is, and the environment. She can learn how to measure through their corner. She can learn home management. She can learn how to be peaceful. And that will transit into primary one, primary three, up to secondary school. And then we'll have kids that will not drop out of school. So I am suggesting if it is possible that code can have activities centered on early childhood and moving down to primary one to primary three. We would really accept that and then paying attention on gender activities in the curriculum for your implementation. You have already started, but we need to do more in those schools. And um, there are other areas. When Peter and the others visited the last time, I made suggestions that we have to move from the areas we are operating to different areas that also need this help. And give my regards to the staff at uh, Code Canada we are really thankful for having them as a partner in Sierra Leone, working with us at the Ministry of Basic and Senior Secondary Education and working again 
with Toll Reed in Sierra Leone, who are working in the field with code Sierra Leone here in our country, Sierra Leone, helping our children in literacy and numeracy, and also in having friendly schools through helping in gender issues in our schools. Thank you very much for the interview. And I would like to thank Emily Gogra for spending time with us today and also extend a warm thanks to you, our listener, for joining us. If you would like to find out more or find out how you can directly support CODE's efforts, I invite you to visit www.code.ngo to learn more. Hey.